numbers for those are on the screen. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Sencrii. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Eponetus, who is the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachus. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are, in, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobas, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my co-worker, sends his greetings to you, as do Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my fellow Jews. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoys, send you his greetings. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Quartus, send you their greetings. Now, to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, 
so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God, be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. That was extremely well read, Jerry. Um, what uh, a great reading. Um, and would you keep it open? We're going to look at this um, together. Um, and my aim for this morning is to try and land this um, series. We've had um, some fun, I hope, in these past few um, weeks looking at the book of uh, Romans from, from chapter 12 through to chapter 16. At least I hope it's been as much fun, uh, or at least some fun for you guys. It's been quite a lot of fun um, teaching it and, and preparing it. Um, I want to land um, the series and to do that, um, just to remind us where we began. So a few weeks ago, um, I put up on the screen this um, overview, if you like, of the, of the whole book of Romans. And I said you can read Romans as having four mountain peaks. And they're here, and we talked through some of those. They are the sort of high points in the book where Paul is explaining what we have received in the gospel Uh, the gospel um, uh, that is salvation for anyone who believes in chapter 1, that it means that we're justified, we're made right with God um, in chapter 5. It begins, uh, chapter 8, by saying that means there's no condemnation. You can't be thrown out um, by uh, by anyone. And then we got to chapter 12, and where we began was to say, in view of that, so that's the mountain peak that we get to, and the first thing you do is you look back across where you've come from, and you see the mountains, and you wonder at them, and think, isn't that marvelous, everything that God has done for us? And so he says, therefore, offer your, bo- excuse me, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Therefore, given everything that we've received, offer your bodies, offer all you have in service to God. And particularly through these chapters, it has had a community church family feel to it. It's often been located in how we treat one another, how we serve one another, how we receive one another, how we relate to one another, um, both inside and outside the church, but particularly how we function as a church. And we said that this um, season, uh, it's not a bad thing for us to have thought about in our church's life. And this morning, I want to kind of land it. We'll look through um, these verses. And this particularly, I guess, is our focus we're thinking about community, how we're called to community, and the way to find family, the way to find church, family, church, community, is in service together. We're going to look at these two, uh, we'll, we'll sweep through this passage um, in, in, um, in two, under two headings, um, and firstly, I'm going to take the whole section with all the names, and if you were wondering, you know, is he going to focus on that, actually he really is, because it's a it's a beautiful uh, passage where you get a, a window into um, what was going on in the early church. Um, two headings. Firstly, um, throw yourself in. Secondly, um, give yourself up. Okay? Throw yourself in, give yourself up. Those are our two headings. The first of them is this. And these names, um, I'm going to try and give us a way of getting a handle on all of them in one go, if you like. I won't read it all again. Um, It was read um, brilliantly by Cherry. Um, The names are a whole list of people whom Paul is connected to, 
And if you remember that we, we know that he didn't know the church um, uh, in the way that he knew others, but he clearly knew a lot of people who were in, involved in the church and had uh, relationships with them, perhaps from his travels, from points at which he connected to them in, in other ways. And they, they're organized, or you can, you can kind of pull them together in these particular ways. There are a mix of Jews and Gentiles named here. There are a mix of those who are high-born and low-born. There are a mix of men and women. Some of them, for example, uh, so in verse uh, 7, um, he talks about um, fellow Jews. Um, uh, you'll see there, if you glance in verse 7, and he says it later on as well in verse 21. So there are evidently those who um, he were his fellow Jews. Some are um, Roman names, um, just from the way, the, the kind of names they are. And also the research that's done, uh, there are some common slave names here. Um, so examples are uh, Ampliatus in verse 8, Urbanus um, in verse 9, Hermes in verse 14, uh, Philologus and Julia um, in verse 15. They're known to be common slave names. So you've got those of, uh, of low-born status. A couple of them are people of some distinction, um, possibly with links to the likes of Herod the Great, um, and uh, uh, possibly even Emperor Claudius. So they're the two households that are mentioned in verse 10 and 11. And verse 10, those who belong to the household of uh, Aristobulus, um, and those in verse 11, the household of Narcissus. They were um, thought to be those who were quite influential in the worlds of um, Herod and Emperor Claudius. So they are quite high distinction people. Um, and also, uh, just a bit later on in verse 23, you'll notice that Erastus is called um, the, the city's director of public works. So a local government official, a civil servant of some rank. Um, so if it was whatever your terms might be, they had both uh, the surgeon um, and the hospital porter, or even the surgeon general and the hospital porter. Um, so there are high-born and low-born uh, individuals. There are men and there are women. There are 26 names here. Nine of them are women. Um, they begin with Phoebe in verse 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church uh, in Sencre. Um, I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a benefactor of many people, including me. She's probably the person who brought the letter to Rome. Phoebe may well have been uh, a woman of means. She was clearly a, a woman of status and um, uh, patronage of others. She may well have been the person who took the letter to Rome, and so he's asking them to receive her. Um, four of the women um, are mentioned, of the nine, are mentioned as working very hard um, for them. Verse 6, Mary worked very hard. Uh, uh, verse 12, the, probably the twins, Tryphena and Tryphosa. Worked very hard. I worked hard in the Lord. Um, uh, Persis, uh, Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Um, and that word is only used of those four women in the list. It's not used of the men there. Um, so here is a picture of a multi-ethnic and diverse church um, with genuine shared leadership between men and women. That's the picture of the church. And it's like a window into 
the life of the first century church and what was going on. And if you see the effect that it has, um, we can describe what's here in, verse, in chapter 16, but you can also, what comes through is the effect that it has um, and the family affection that it creates, okay? So I, I listed here some of the things that um, Paul describes um, were going on um, in, uh, to, to some of the individuals. So he talks about hard work. I mentioned that. Uh, he talks about some of them taking risks um, for him and for others. Um, I use the phrase Kickstarter support. I presume that's the modern equivalent of being a benefactor um, in those days. You provide some, some uh, startup funding for something. Uh, he talks about um, uh, Rufus's mother, who was a mother to him. So there's a, a kind of mothering role uh, that comes through. There was hospitality, as mentioned, uh, later on. Um, there was administration uh, mentioned too. And he describes all of these activities, and I kind of group them uh, as well. You could also look at the, the chapter as a whole and say there are those he describes as fellow workers, and there are those he describes as fellow sufferers. Um, so this is the kind of picture that he has of what's going on. And what he describes leads to the emotions and the affections that flow for these people. So he describes some of them as a dear friend. Uh, he talks about their faithfulness, their fidelity. Uh, he talks about their mothering, their care. Um, he talks about things being done for him and with him. Um, and in verse 19, he talks about being full of joy um, with them. Can you see the kind of picture that he's got of this church and what was going on? This multi-ethnic, this diverse church who worked really hard together. Uh, who threw themselves in to what was going on, and the affection and the emotion that flowed out of it. You and I will get more emotionally out of the Christian life. We will get more spiritually out of the Christian life if we throw ourselves in with others. You and I will get more emotionally out of the Christian life, spiritually out of the Christian life, if we throw ourselves in with others. The way to find family is in service together. The way to find welcome is to get involved. You might find yourself at times saying, or you may have uh, come across somebody saying, I don't know, that, uh, that church it feels just a bit cold to me. I'm not sure I necessarily want to get involved in that church. But actually, the way to find a welcome is often to say, I'm going to get involved in that church. I'm going to get involved in what's going on. And I'll find that I become part of things. I'll find there is a welcome that follows that I am involved in too. Now, I don't want you to mishear me entirely. Um, to frame some of this rightly... I'm looking through this list and working on it um, and what was going on and the picture. This is, this is happening across the region. Um, you'll see the list here and what's described. I don't think what's, what Paul has written here is saying that this is just about doing more at church. Okay? I don't think what he's saying here is just about doing more at church. 
Um, let me point you to a couple of verses. In verse 4, he talks about Priscilla and Aquila, who you, you can read about in Acts. They risked their lives for him, probably, um, or at least, at least partly, when a riot uh, broke out, that they may well have helped him uh, at points. Now, that's, a, that's happening in the public sphere. That's not happening in church. Um, there is hospitality described um, uh, later on, which the, would easily have involved households and what takes place. It's not, it's not just saying, do more at church, okay? Rather, what he is saying is, together, they are serving the Lord in a host of different ways. Now, yes, some of that is going to play out in the household churches that they have, but together they are doing things for the Lord. The number of uh, people mentioned here, is, I said it was 26. That's about the size of a couple of good house groups. It's about the size of our platform group, if you're a platformer here this morning. It is as if to say, say your house group got together, or your small group, or whatever it might be, and said, we together, we're going to get together and we're going to pray, and we're going to pray that... Um, we might be able to do something for the Lord together. We're going to have a meal together and we're going to pray that we might be able to invite some outsiders to come along just to um, share in some hospitality with us. Uh, We as a small group, a house group, we're going to get together, we're going to pray where we are that God might begin to do something in the local area that we meet. I don't know where you meet. But as as a small group, we're going to get together and pray, Lord, would you start something new here? That as a, a small group, we're, we're going to pray. We've got a few folk who work in this sphere of work. We're going to pray together. Lord, would you begin something where they are and we can support them in it? Throw yourselves in. The way to find family is in service together. Do you see the, the, the way that the, what comes through here, he's describing this mixed group of people, and he describes how much they have thrown themselves in uh, for the Lord's, all the things that they are doing, and what follows from it is the affection uh, and the emotion of having done that together. It's quite a window on the first century, and as Sarah did say earlier, if we have in our minds the idea that Paul is this one-man band who sort of plowed his way, this really is quite different to that, isn't it? Throw yourselves in. Um, secondly, give yourself up. Um, now, give yourself up in the right way. Uh, that phrase can mean lots of things. Um, <laughs> give yourself up in the right way. Um, it's the second half, particularly after we get to verse 17. Um, he has two paragraphs, um, which I'll just mention briefly. He's still concerned about divisions among them. Um, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you've learned. Keep away from them. Such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. Uh, By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Um, He's really been concerned about this, and we've seen it all the way through. The relationship, particularly between Jews and Gentiles, uh, the relationship they have together, and divisions between them. And if I can make this contrast between this and the final paragraph with this, uh, to, to make sense of this, you notice he talks there about the kind of people who cause di- divisions are 
Such people, verse 18, are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. They are people who put themselves at the center of things. Now, when they put themselves at the center, when people put themselves at the center, the church eats itself horribly. When people put themselves at the center, the church eats itself horribly. The phrase there is actually, it's meant to be that kind of visceral um, uh, it, it, they're, they're serving their own appetites. They're serving their own belly, is what he's saying. People who feed off others because they are serving themselves. Um, this is really retro, although apparently retro things are, are very in at the moment, the 80s especially. Um, uh, for those of you who grew up watching Star Wars um, and Return of the Jedi, um, this is the famous Sarlacc pit scene this means nothing to you, um, don't worry, um, uh, in which C-3PO told them that the fates that awaited Luke and Han was that they would be eaten by this thing and slowly digested over a thousand years. Um, it's not quite the same as what Paul means here, but what he's saying is, he's saying, do you see, they, they're, they're serving themselves, it's their belly, their appetites. And to put, when we put ourselves at the center, uh, and if people do it, his warning is that the church eats itself horribly. They, they feed off others. Um, it's not pleasant. But when you put Jesus at the center and you keep him at the center of what we're doing, in the final paragraph, the church grows wonderfully. Um, the final paragraph, uh, which we, we heard read out, is, is essentially saying glory to God who is able to do all these things, who is able to establish you um, in accordance with my gospel, the message about Jesus Christ, um, to establish you, and then halfway through verse 26, so that all the Gentiles might come to obedience, um, uh, to the obedience that comes from faith. What he's saying is, when Jesus is at the center, God is able to establish and grow this wonderfully multi-ethnic church. When people are concerned, when people give themselves up for the Lord and what he is doing, wonderfully the church grows. When we put ourselves at the center... When we make it about us, we kind of we feed on one another and, it, and the church horribly eats itself. But when we put Jesus at the center, it's a picture of this, uh, of this church that because everyone is focused on the Lord, people from all nations then are able to come and relate to one another. And we see the church grow and it builds up in this way. And it's a, it's a lovely picture of the church. So do you see that the, the two halves, in a sense... Here is Paul, I've, said, I've used the word, throw yourselves in. Here is these people who are, who are backing what the Lord is doing in a host of different spheres. And they do so, giving themselves up. Not making it about them, but making it about the Lord, that others might be drawn into that. That's really where I want us to land this series, with those two thoughts. That actually, as, as, as we do that, that will, that will create and... and uh, grow the kind of community that Paul is describing here. I've got three, uh, three phrases, some of which I guess I've used this morning, for us to reflect on, um, and perhaps for you to take away. And, and over, these, over these next few weeks, uh, pray, ponder, think what this might mean. The way to find family is service together. I think we've seen that through these chapters. The way in which they pulled together. The way to find welcome is to get involved. Might that be you this morning? Uh, if you're feeling a bit distant from things, 
how can I be involved in the life of uh, this church and what it's doing? Um, and the way to unity um, is to give God the glory. The way to unity ultimately is, is not to make it about me and what I'm getting out of this. It's to focus on the Lord Jesus and what he's doing, and then I get caught up in, along with wonderfully hosts, uh, many from uh, many different nations, I get caught up in what he's doing with them too. I wonder what we might pray for ourselves as a church over these next few weeks, what we might do um, uh, for and with one another. Throw yourself in, give yourself up. What I'm going to do is suggest that we have um, about uh, 30 seconds to reflect on this, um, and then I'm going to get us to do something in just a moment. Might you take those uh, thoughts and reflections um, into uh, the rest of this week and perhaps even these next few weeks. I thought we would do something to end this series. Uh, it is a communion service. Um, there are uh, times in the Anglican Church where we would regularly share the peace with one another. It is not something we um, uh, often have time uh, or have done um, very often, but I thought we would do so this morning. Um, if you're not an Anglican, it involves us uh, uh, simply, um, the, the passage talks about greeting one another with a holy kiss. We might translate that as a, a, you know, a handshake and a welcome. Um, I'm going to get us to stand. There are some words that we'll say, and I'm just going to encourage you, if you've never done it before, to uh, shake the hand of somebody nearby. You might want to say, the peace of the Lord be with you, or you might want to say, it's great to have you here, that sort of thing. So let's stand together. The peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. Why don't we share a sign of peace with one another? Yeah.